Zoom, zoom, zoom. You make boom, my boom, heart boom. go boom, boom, boom. I feel like we aren't having addressed the fact that Protozoa is wearing a lot of harnesses for a, a crowd that is largely 12-year-old girls. Space harnesses. A space harness, yes, but still for sex. Space sex, but they are still used mostly for sex. Disney Plus. I don't know why I keep calling it D Plus. Like, I'm fucking in the biz. Did they ever Never like, market it, it as D Plus? You're the only person I've ever no, heard No, I don't it even that. think... I don't think even if I look at the app icon, it spells out Disney. I'm sure of it. Oh, I'm stealing it from Chelsea's sister, so I don't have it on my phone. You're like the old man who just refuses to call it anything but UPN. He's like, it was UPN (laughs) when I was growing up, and it'll always be UPN. It'll always be. I have a lot of brand loyalty to UPN. I just liked Homeboys in Outer Space. What can I say? A show that existed, Your Honor. A show that existed. We've covered... X-Men, we've covered the Spider-Man, we've covered Superman, what am I missing? Indiana Jones. So why not the most legendary of these heroes from yesterday? IP, one of the greatest of IPs. Go ahead. Xenon and the Mm -hmm. something of the something something. Girl of the, actually I have to confirm, luckily it's at the bottom of our list here because it's sort of, girl of the 21st century. Not the girl, of course. There are many girls, I, I assume. That's not even a superlative. It's just like... No, it's just telling us her the gender, gender she uh, ascribes to herself and uh, when, generally, within a thousand years, no, a hundred years, when she lived. <laughs> and that she's probably on the younger side. I could time machine. Yeah. Huh? And that she's probably on the younger side, girl, not woman. Right, right. Not lady. She's not a woman. Not yet a woman. Yeah. I don't know how it goes in the future, though. Maybe they start out as women and become girls. Technology is crazy, man. It's cyclical. So, DJ, I'm going to devote about 15 minutes for you to tell us all your memories about Xenon, girl of the 21st century. First, and then I'll first I need you to introduce the show. Tell the people who we are, what we're doing Oh, I'm supposed to be doing it. I just said, do you want to introduce the show? And you you were like... I have this whole bit planned, so I'm going to go into it no matter what you say. That's why it's such a mess. (laughs) No matter what you say, I'm not going to react to it. (laughs) I'll do it. Welcome to your inner child is an idiot podcast where we look back on things from someone's childhood. From the 20th century. Good to begin. And then you interrupt my introduction. You insisted I make. (laughs) My name's Damon. My name's DJ. We're good friends. Today, as you've probably ascertained, we're doing something called Xenon, colon, girl from the 20... I don't even know what the preposition is. Girl (laughs) of the 21st century. This is sent in to us by a listener named Hannah. I said it like she's a five-year-old writing in... Dear Santa. ...or something. (laughs) Thank you, Hannah. And I think we all remember where we were when our parents took us to see Xenon, girl of Uh the... 21st century on the Disney Channel channel. Absolutely. If your family was anything like me, you were not allowed in the living room unless your parents specifically got you to bring you in to watch something on the Disney Channel. (laughs) So DJ, can you now, my bit is ready. Yeah, okay. Can you now tell us all your memories of Xenon Girl of the 21st century? 
I remember like a lot of Chaucer's early work. It has <laughs> a lot of a lot early of layers. Work. A lot yeah. of <laughs> I have no idea what this is. Mm-hmm. I've been avoiding it every time you bring it up because I don't know what it is. And I refuse yeah. to Google it because I want to go in fresh, not because I don't want to do it, but because I want to go in fresh. I want to I want to have no, no expectations. Course. You're nothing if not professional. Yeah. And so I have very little to add. So instead, I'll tell you this story. Mm-hmm. When I was a girl of the 21st century. No, I don't actually have an anecdote either. That's how useless I'm going to be in this intro. <laughs> Why don't you say something and I'll react to it. Thank you. Come. I also have not seen oh, shit. this show and I didn't Let's talk know it about existed Hannah. until Hannah asked <laughs> us to do it. Now, Hannah asked us to do it because she had remembered that this movie existed and she wanted to listen to a podcast with moderate to good sound quality talk about it. All the podcasts she found that were recovering it were terrible sound quality. I think now, we I slot right in there. I can't speak to how great our sound quality is, but I think we're right in that sweet spot, right in that valley where you won't turn it off because of the sound quality. Only one episode that I know. You might gripe about it in an iTunes review, perhaps. Sure. But yeah. you won't turn it off for that reason. Okay. So, Hannah, thank you for recommending this. Yeah. I have watched all the trailers. Not recently. I do know that there are at least three Xenon movies. Whoa, there's more than one? Yeah, this is IP, my friend. Get ready for a fucking reboot any minute now. Okay. Also, I think we have, we are under threat. I'll say we're in a raven Simone watch. I cannot (gasps) say we are in a raven Simone warning yet, but we are in a raven Simone watch. I know she's involved with at least one of the three movies. I don't know if she's involved in this first one, though. So that's something wonder, to look forward to as well. I wish there was a way for me to say that that sounds right. Like that's oh yeah, that's specific to Even this type of true, movie. Like it feels very true. That's so this kind of movie that Raven would be involved. Also, yeah, she was not allowed to leave the Disney Studios, the Disney Channel Studios. <laughs> she was not allowed in the Disney no, movies. That's studios. a different. Absolutely not, they're Raven. Both, Get out. They're both oxygenless vaults, but they're different <laughs> oxygenless vaults. Certain caliber of star comes into the Disney movie vault. You will be staying in the Disney Channel vault, madam. So I do know that. I don't know who plays our precocious, I assume, Xenon. Let's see. Oh my God, it's Hannah herself. <laughs> she's been she's been really angling for us to get this covered. Kirsten Storms is that a name that rings a bell? No, nope, that's a good name. Oh yeah, she sounds like she'd be in a comic, honestly. Or she's a bastard from Game of Thrones, like she's from the eastern. Oh yeah, yeah, the eastern part where they just live in storm clouds, just constantly storming. I'm like fantasy. <laughs> that's weird. The good news is that Philip Reese is also in this, so that's good. Okay. Ooh, Gregory so Smith, before, I think, is going to be our hottie boom body. So this is before Philip Reese did the cut my hair in the first grade. <laughs> yeah. My mom claimed yeah. at some point that that was why I had a cowlick, and it wasn't until I, mu- I was much older, because Philip Reeve cut my hair just with scissors, you know, like you do when you're like six years old. Is this another related. child, or is this an actual barber? No, this was another child. Yeah, he was he was in my class. Oh, okay, yeah. And he was just, you know, like kids do, got a hold of the little round-edged 
scissors and he cut my hair. And of course, my parents were horrified. And then I was like, okay. I remember thinking at some point, and maybe she didn't actually say this, but my brain, my mushy six-year-old brain turned it to, I thought that's why I had a cowlick because he had cut my hair right here. And then Mm -hmm. that's why. And then it it wasn't until embarrassingly later that I was like, that's not how that works. He didn't (laughs) stab me and then swirl. That would be... (laughs) I did have a hair stylist in Greencastle, Indiana, tell me that my hair had a low bending point, and so it did tend to stick out if it wasn't long enough. But now, he said it with such authority, and he was presumably straight. He claimed to be straight. I don't know why he told me that, because I only went to him once, so he would have told me he was straight on my first visit. But he knew the stereotypes. He told me I had a low bending point, and he had said it with such authority that I assumed that must be a thing. An LBP. Right. Oh, yeah. But now that I'm saying it out loud again for the first time, it just sounds like three words strung together. Yeah, I wonder if that's a thing or if that's like pseudoscience in the hair world. Right. Not only did you go It's the anti-vaxxers of the stylist community. They know enough buzzwords to make it sound like something you'd trust, but... Get out of here with your low bending point nonsense. (laughs) We're not doing that here. I told you that on the invite. If the hair trust passes the blood-brain barrier, you know, (laughs) it doesn't bend. So not only did Mm -hmm. you go to a straight stylist, you trusted a word he said. I feel like this is your smooth brain moment. DJ, memories are flooding in. And I believe this was for my creative nonfiction class. And I was supposed to interview someone. So I scheduled a haircut and talked to this guy. That's why I was able to ascertain that he was straight. And he told me about haircutting conventions. And he told me about guys who were, he didn't say light in their loafers. He said some other turn of phrase that I had never heard before in my life. But he was also well quaffed in a Um, way that you wouldn't anticipate with a straight man. Right. So it felt like he was small town gay, but he was, he said he had a wife and kids and he might have, and he might still be a small town gay. Yeah. Okay. That's why he goes to so many. I want to know, I want to know a couple of things. Firstly, what's not related to Xenon? Oh, absolutely not. Firstly, what (laughs) was the turn of phrase? And can we just make one up if you can't think of it? It was in the realm of light in their loafers, but I cannot remember what it was. But it was very charming to me because I find, and this is probably one of the least charming aspects of my personality, I find low-grade homophobia funny. (laughs) So I tend to laugh at it. I'm like, that's stupid. That's a stupid turn of phrase. I do like nonsense turns of phrase, like he likes bubbles in his water, if you know what I mean. I'm like, no. Yeah, my brother used to say, uh, he's got a little sugar in his pot. I'm like, what does that mean? And that's a child. You can't just say that about a, you know, yeah, he's swishing all over this mall, but you can't just say that about a child. (laughs) He likes lettuce on his hamburger, you know? (laughs) Okay, second, my second question, and this is important. Yeah. You made an appointment to get your haircut, and then you ambushed this man with an interview, or he knew that he was going to be interviewed? I might have told him that I was interviewing. I had an assignment where I had to interview someone. So I asked him a lot of questions because I am not good at conversation, as you might have ascertained in our lives. So I did not, I'm not good with keeping information. So I just probably blurted out everything that was going on. So I was like, look, I have an assignment and I have to interview someone and I wanted to interview you. And started peppering him with questions. About and he was like, stylist in Greencastle, Indiana. You have Your a hair's low got a low point. bending point. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what. Xenon, the girl of the twenty, from the of the twenty first century, 
is of what we're going to watch of the Disney Channel original movie. It's on Disney Plus as we Disney speak. Plus. So we're going to go watch it. Watch along with us. We'll be back in a little bit. Two shakes of a horse's ass. Yep, that's when we'll be here. That's how I keep most of my time. Most of my time. He uses cotton blend undies, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Not in my life. (laughs) Not on my life is what I meant to say. Xenon, get down from there. We got to do. And a I'm commer- Xenon. You're Xenon. We got to do a commercial. Space vent? You're up in the space vent. You need to get down here to the but, hallway of this space station because we got to do the commercial for our. But DJ, I have found a plot major. Oh. By the evil corporate overlords of our space station. Oh. Well. And you're going to explain to me, despite the fact that I said that first, of how that ties into our Patreon page. <laughs> well, you know, we wouldn't be so reliant on our corporate overlords if we had mm. independent funding for our podcast. Maybe at wow. some, if there was some sort of place our listeners could support us, maybe through some sort of galactic portal or some sort Zenus of... Zenus Lupitas, tell me more. How could we access a portal such as this? If you could use like an, a uniform resource locator... Like patreon.com slash you're in child's an idiot. And then you could sign up at different levels and you could reroute the encryption code to hack into the mainframe. Mm-hmm. Wow. This seems like an opportunity major. Damon, have you ever even been on a commercial? That's my child. Oh, actor. Margie, <laughs> you're the worst. You're possibly worse than me. Just kidding. I'm terrible. Patreon.com slash you're in child's an idiot. I'm living off your solar flare. What? Sometimes pop lyrics don't seem to make sense. I'm trying to record a podcast over here, and Damon just can't get enough of Zoom, Zoom, Zoom by (laughs) Protozoa. Was it Protozoa? The lead singer of Microbe is Protozoa, I believe, is how I have that. Hey, everybody, we're back. We watch Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Thank you, DJ. Think and of the Library of Congress. I don't want them to get confused as to which one we're we're listening to. And we can't stop listening to Zoom 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 by Protozoa and Microbe. Proto- now, do you think Z- Mazda got the idea from Protozoa? Zoom Zoom. Or the Whispering Campaign. Or Pro- don't do what that. What is his name? Hey, you know what we should yeah, do, go. Mazda said? We should have a child whisper at <laughs> you. That's not a trend Some, in movie trailers, right? That, that That's creepy. People like that, right? Not only did someone say that in a room bad enough, but then 11 executives, then a whole team, marketing team, everybody signed off. We're like, yeah, good idea. They're really Fuck you, Mazda. <laughs> so mad about it. <laughs> Take that. Hey, speaking of being mad, you want to recap this movie, Damon? <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Picture it. Imagine if you can, and we live in the 21st century. The final. (laughs) And I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. Okay, I'm ready. We have moon bucks at our disposal that we use. Big, chunky tablets that we look at at videos on. Chelsea Clinton is our president. Chelsea Clinton is our, another Clinton is our president because we duly elected her. And Xenon, our heroine is living on a giant space station that is populated with, 
I would estimate 47 people and it rotates or orbits the earth. And that's the only life she's ever known. She moved up there when she was a kindergartner, I think. And her parents are scientists. It's not important mm-hmm. what kind of science, just all of it. Just science. Her best friend is Raven Simone, whose name is Nebula. Is that correct? Nebula. Yes. Yep. Nice. Did you notice that Nebula is also a space a feature you might see in space? Yeah. Yeah. Just like. So that's interesting. Xenon sort of is an element, works. but okay. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Element, misspelled element, but whatever. A noble gas, much like our heroine is a noble woman. Yes. So you got to hand it to her. Anyway, you know, she gets into a lot of scrapes, a lot of hijinks. Yeah, she does. She's a good-natured troublemaker. She doesn't care for the rules, but she's a good kid. Now, the space station, you might think it's run by the government. It's not. It's run by a corporation. Wernham Hogg. What is it? The It's Wyndham, what? Wyndham oh, Resorts, something Wyndham? like that. Is it Wyndham? It is Wyndham, I think. Yeah. Wyndham they, timeshare. They got out of timeshares. Expanded into space. <laughs> the owner of Wyndham, Jonathan Wyndham the Fourth, I assume, Officer Kolharski from Wayne's World. <laughs> he's coming up, and he is company with his partner, Mister Smithers. They seem nice, right? They seem like good guys. Everything's above board, as far as I can tell. I tell you what, Xenon doesn't like the look of them. Doesn't like Mm-mm. the cut of their jib. Mm-mm. And she starts following them around the space station. And Snooping. she notices that Smithers seems to be trying to get into restricted areas. So she crawls through the air vents, which some a friend of mine told me is one of their, their most hated movie trope, that you can flawlessly crawl through an air vent that no one will notice that you're clunking around in. Yeah, just... I bet that would be both loud and The loudest fucking, made... it's thin metal. Also, certainly not made to support the weight of even a child. Yeah, you would bust through that instantaneously. Xenon, maybe. Certainly not John McClane. Xenon, yeah, not maybe, a full John McClane, no. And a xenomorph, absolutely not. <laughs> what about a xenon morph? Ooh, that's, now that's, that's in the second a movie that's in the I'd see. I'd see Alien versus Xenon colon girl of the 21st century. The point is, Mr. Wyndham is the space station thought that Mr. Wyndham was coming up to shut him down, but he donated a bunch of money to He's their cause it. to fix up their thing. So Keep it going, obviously he wants the space station to thrive. Anyway, Xenon gets into some sort of incident where she is grounded. And I mean that literally. Her parents send her back to Earth to live with her. Kind of a scaredy cat Aunt Judy, who is scared of traveling, has never gone to space. So she hasn't seen her in 10 years or something. She's living with Judy in unnamed location. And wouldn't you know it? Nebula had stolen something from Mr. Smithers. I forgot this part. It's that, an air tag. Uh, he had downloaded onto he she made him an earring out of this little what have you. That's our MacGuffin, folks. Xenon's been wearing it the whole time. Anyway, she meets a boy while she's on Earth. She gets bullied by some Earthling girls who apparently being in space is super dorky <laughs> in the future. Mr. Kids Wyndham will find any wise. reason to make fun of someone. That is true. Yeah, you could own a horse and they would mock you. I forgot the microbe part, but this boy band microbe is going to the space station. So she hitches a ride to warn everyone on the space station that Mr. Wyndham is actually trying to, has uploaded a virus onto the space station. Is that correct? That's taking yes. their oxygen away. It's actually quite dark. It's going to like and kill the, them in the slowest possible manner. Isn't the, the but shuttle's this, like, also supposed to explode or something? Something's supposed it's to. It's all supposed to be terrible. Yeah. He would kill a boy band in the process. Can you imagine? Anyway. Xenon gets back to the space station. She decommissions the virus or whatever you would do to a virus. She hacks into the mainframe. Mm-hmm. 
Reroutes the encryption code. Yeah, reroutes the encryption code, installs McAfee, everything's fine. And then she gets to party out with Microbe and its lead singer, Protozoa. And while she has her very sullen looking boyfriend on an iPad, just waving to him at intervals during their hit song, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And Mr. Wyndham is arrested, I believe, as is Mr. Smithers. And Mm -hmm. that's Xenon, girl of the 21st century. More or less. Good job. Xenon. Xenon. There was a couple more. Xenon. We knew about Raven Simone, whose name is spelled with an accent you, which doesn't that mean it would be Raven Simone? Neither here nor there. It's tough in Hollywood. I don't know why. I think that accent has always been on there, but I, yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Simone, but I think it's just Raven Simone. We knew about her, but I didn't know about anybody else that I might recognize. I didn't recognize the actress that plays Xenon, but I realized why I was like, do I know her? And it's because Lauren immediately said, she's got a lot of Melissa Joan Hart energy. It's a lot of her style (laughs) and her- younger than Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Her style and her, like the way she acts is very Clarissa explains it all. Just kind of like a a spunky adult with the double pone thing going on. The double pigtails. Yeah. Well, the only person I read, because Tyler asked me, would I know anyone in this movie? And I said, well- I said, Stuart, that was exactly what I said. I was like, Stuart Pankin is the only person you'd probably recognize. And he's like, who's that? I'm like, that makes a great point about Xenon's cast. <laughs> but you would reckon he's just a guy from 80s movies. He, he was, was in honey Arachnophobia. Shrunk, honey, I shrunk the kids. Arachnophobia. He was the voice of Earl on Dinosaurs, I found out just while watching this movie. Is Earl the patriarch of the dinosaurs? Yes. yes. Oh, I didn't know that. He is, I will say, though, not the mama. That's an important point when it comes to- You're going to love that later when we watch Dinosaurs. <laughs> Sometime in the future, that yeah. joke's going to kick in and you're going to really, really appreciate it. In the future, and yet, ironically, also in the very distant past, because <laughs> dinosaurs. Right. Sure. And Officer Kolharski, the Wyndham, the, the, I recognize that guy and I was oh, like, why yeah, do yeah, I- yeah. And then I looked up and it's literally, that's where I know him from. He, he's the, the policeman who has like four lines in Wayne's world. I also was having trouble placing him. And that was the only thing I recognized. His name is Frederick Coffin. Um, Passed away, unfortunately. That's a shame. He was in Hard to Kill, the Steven Seagal movie, mm. as you probably know. We've got to get mm-hmm. a Steven Seagal movie in here, right? We do. I don't think I've ever seen one. I want to do, can we reenact He's just a meaty-faced guy who would be yeah. an authority figure or a cop in a Wayne's World movie. Belching, Damon. What do you think the chances? Oh, no. Gross. I mean, I'm not forcing it on you. I love broccoli. No one likes broccoli? Roasted I broccoli? To, I was trying to give you space so that, that it was easily edited out, the burps. I see. Thank you. What do you think the chances are that Chelsea Clinton becomes president in 2049? <laughs> If you had asked me in 2016, I would have given them a higher chance than I would now. You don't think we'll forget about all that by then? I was surprised. I think it just speaks to what a different time it was that they would state that a Clinton would be president in the future. Yeah, like that feels like you. If you were trying to be like a very low stakes, keep your nose down type movie like i feel like xenon is you would not declare that chelsea clinton would be president it was if like you made this movie today it seems like at the time it would have been like a, a little joke like just like a little right and now it'd be like oh boy who did we piss off no don't here? even get me started i'm not gonna live through the 2045 election again no sir <laughs> 
Also, I don't think there would be a 2045 election. I don't think mathematically that would work out. No. I don't think Chelsea hasn't shown a lot of political ambition thus far, I, I don't believe. But yeah, she's that third know. generation or that second generation where she's just doing charities and like awareness campaigns and that sort of stuff. Well, and you need to, I think you need to reach age 80 before you can run for any sort of office. <laughs> I believe that's in the, the United rule. States. Yeah. You need to make every time you walk somewhere, people need to go. <laughs> That's the rule on okay? running for president. People you need okay? to be, if you start running towards something, you're like, eh, don't, don't do that. Don't no, 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 no. Someone help her. Someone help her. Did you practice this beforehand? Is he? Okay. All right. Ooh, stairs. I remember when Biden accepted, or he, I think he just came out to say like, hey, they're still counting or whatever. Jack. <laughs> He ran out to the podium. It felt like I a very remember that. like, we want you to look young. We want you to <laughs> jog out to the podium. And it was such a long stretch, too, for him to jog. I was like, don't make him jog. I was like, the whole time, I was like, no, don't, don't, don't jog. You might trip and then hit your head on the podium. Turns out he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like freezing in the middle of press conferences, though. So that's a plus. Anyway. Can't watch it. Cut all oh, this. Jesus. Please. Please. I meant God. Cut all of this. This has been a wreck. God. Let's go back. God, please cut this. <laughs> you know what I like about child acting? <laughs> Everything. Not only can you rarely understand what they're saying, but when you can, it's stupid. Well, first off, this is a common misconception about movies with children protagonists. They don't actually write the movie as well. <laughs> that is still done by adults. They I mean, are not like, responsible for the I lines mean, like, they're saying. I mean, like, they do a bad job of the acting, even when you can understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Also, it's poorly uh, written, and that is not their fault. I have a feeling that I'm... Now, this is not a compliment towards the movie, but I, feel, I have a feeling I'm a little bit more positive towards this movie than you are. But okay. I do have written, in all caps, in my notes, is everyone mumbling? I yeah. felt like I was going... Because... Look, Especially I'm at the beginning. Stealing, I'm stealing Disney Plus from a friend, and... The friend I'm stealing it from. Man in a Mickey Mouse costume just comes. Has closed captions on all the time. So whenever I watch The Simpsons, I have to turn the closed captions off. But when I started this movie, I noticed the closed captions were on and I turned them off. And then immediately Mistake. resisted the urge to turn them right back on again. But I was like, no, I'm going to experience the movie the way they intended for me to experience the movie, which the is like God turning to Tyler and going, what did she just say? What's Zetus Lapidus? Did they explain that earlier? What's that? Who's that? Did they get a shot of that? What's that in her hand? What's going on? Why is it framed like this? This movie was an interesting watch because you're right. I could not understand any things that people were saying because they have that breathless child actor energy. Yeah. On top of which, they're slurring all their words together like they've had a, a shot or two. And then okay. on top of that, there's also made-up slang right. for the whole movie where they use sort of like space slang where everything's like, oh, it's a disaster major, or oh, this was a party well, was originally I don't know what... Kids it was say, originally but, written in French, and the the translator, you know, <laughs> forgot to like oh, the switch the goes first. Right? Yeah, we're gonna have to do a, a find all majors, which really actually really makes more sense up. grammatically because you say the thing first, and then the description. But we got it. I remember having that revelation in Latin one in high school. Like, wait, this makes a ton more sense. Why would I tell you something's red before I tell you what the thing is? <laughs> also, sweat minor. They said that a lot. Like, no sweat. 
Ugh. No. Oh, She's yeah. Like, Instead of no sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you saying that? Why would I mean, you say no sweat that much? Trying to invent your own slang is a fool's errand. First off, I mean, there's part of me that wanted to take their side, which is like, slang sounds stupid. Yeah. I remember once going through my mom's yearbook and looking at all the signatures that people had left her. I'm like, what the fuck is all this? <laughs> there was this joke they had where, and I noticed it because people, she, it was in her signatures like five or six times. And it was like, I hope the Atlantic Ocean wears rubber pants to keep its bottom dry. Now, imagine if you saw that collection of words once, you'd be like, oh, that must be, my mom and her must have had a, a yeah. thing going, like a joke. But I saw it so often, I was like, mom, what does this mean? And she explained it to me that it was a joke that they had. And she was like, you know, because the, the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean is, is wet. So if it wore rubber pants, it would be dry. I was like, that's not a joke, really. What? <laughs> so slang is stupid. No yeah, matter who's true. saying it, unless you're right in the minute of it, it's impossible to, for it to sound natural. But still, this was really annoying because everything they said was slang. Yeah, they used I mean, kids would. Again, not to defend them too True. too intensely, but they used inked out a lot, which meant like stressed shady. out, shady. Yeah. Oh, inked yeah. Out. It was very inky. They would say like inky, that. They would, oh, out. he seems real inky because ink's dark, shady. Yeah. And of course, Zetus Lapidus, which I had to, after the movie, I had to look up and be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, what? And I assumed it was a constellation that they were using as an exclamation. Yeah. No, it's completely invented. Just for made this up. Okay. Thing. Well, that's okay. Because everything I found was BuzzFeed articles about how to properly pronounce Zetus Lapidus. How to pronounce it, correct? I mean, that's in the movie. Yeah, I don't know if we've addressed this, but I couldn't understand a goddamn <laughs> word they were saying. <laughs> There was a lot of choices, a lot of acting choices. I'm going to, I don't know that I remembered a lot of them, but just to get away from the kid acting for a second, the Please. Mr. Smithers guy, I can't remember what his, his name is. Mr. Lutz. Is Mr. Lutz. The, what is the character's name? I can look the at actor the actor was in, I know he was in Parks and Rec. Bob Bancroft is the actor. Yeah. He was like a minor character and I think he was like the other guy going out for the accountant job if you watch Parks and Rec. <laughs> but when he drops the disc, the like air tag thing that ends up being the MacGuffin, he like is putting it in his pocket and he does it in the weirdest way. I've ever seen someone try to put something in a pocket and then he drops it. And then just like, that's all he's doing. And he doesn't notice that he doesn't. Anyway. That's fair. Right. Wouldn't you make sure, I mean, this is the whole reason you're here is to install a virus on the thing. Why yeah. would you not properly put that back in your pocket because we need we need a plot development so true i mean plenty of movies do that i was confused because it was this weird space disc or whatever mm -hmm. but none of the kids recognized it as such raven finds it and she goes stellar and she puts it in her pocket and then makes it into an earring for xenon as a going away present <laughs> who also does not recognize it as the thing that it apparently is which is a storage device may i see the storage facility Please. The <laughs> and I was like, why? It just was very confusing to me that even in this made up world, this weird thing is something that the inhabitants of the world would not recognize as a thing. They also mentioned that I have a question. I have a question about the space station. So it's very clearly we get a shot of it. It's very clearly a space station that is orbiting the like Earth. A bicycle wheel, two bicycle wheels sandwiched yeah. together. You can see the Earth. From And then at some point, her dad, Xenon's dad, makes reference to her. They're like, that they've traveled the entire universe, that they've 
done space travel. And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I know it doesn't have to be necessarily the space station that's traveled. Maybe the space station, that, but like, are we space traveling in this? Right. Or are we just orbiting the Earth? Yeah. I think it's established. I think it's canon that we are. And I hope they go into that in the sequels that I'm going to make you watch and I'm not going to watch. The sequel and the Z3? Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope so. I hope we learn more about the universe, the known universe, of which he's seen all of, traveled all of it, all of it. I didn't catch that line. I was too busy being blown away by Xenon's spacewalk scene. Mm. Yeah. Which was, when you have a really chance to show something like that, it's really great to film it as awkwardly as possible. I'm not a cinemat- I'm not a person who usually complains about cinematography, but this is maybe one of the most incompetent films we have ever watched. They were, we've already talked about the mumbling. There were times when there were shots of objects that were supposed to be like plot points. I'm like, what is that? I cannot tell what you want me to look at. There were scenes where, there was a scene where Nebula and another one of their friends are like looking for something in a restricted area and the camera's just panning around wildly and they're like, what's that? And then it pans over like suddenly to this thing that they find like, oh my God, stop moving around. Just let me get my bearings in this room. It's absolutely frustrating to watch. That spacewalk scene, like you never actually, it seems the music is swelling in a way that makes you think that you're going to be watching a scene where it's like, look at the wonder of the galaxy. But instead, it's Xenon looking awkwardly at her dad, waving, taking up three quarters of the shot. Like, it never gives you like a moment to like, isn't this a great beat of, you know, how beautiful space is? It keeps coming back to her dad, too, making the same faces. Like, he's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it lasted for fucking ever. It really teaches you the difference between Disney and the Disney Channel. Yeah. I'm very confused. Like, Disney knows how to make movies. Why are you keeping it a secret from these other people in your company? I found out not long ago that I'm trying to figure out how much of this I can say. Yeah, I found out there was a guy who does music for Disney okay. and he has to. Don't name names. He will place it on trailers and in-house promotions and sometimes the shows and movies that are like made for Disney and Disney plus and whatever, but they have to bid on them. So he works for the company and he has to bid for the contract and then they have people bid it. So like even the people that like directly work for them, they're making them bid. So I wonder if that's what's happening here. An earlier version of that where we've got the Disney channel and they're like, look, we need this done this entire movie for (laughs) (laughs) $2,500. So if you feel like you can get that done, let's make it happen. (laughs) Melissa Joan Hart. And they're like, we can't get her. And they're like, okay, give me someone who looks like a young Melissa Joan Hart. We can't get her. And also she's 19 at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was even a great, just to keep harping on this, there's this one moment where she first sees the evil Mr. Wyndham. And he's like, by the way, I wrote this line. Wyndham would have to be a Scrooge major to shut us down. (laughs) Nice. She sees him and the way it's shot, like it's a two shot. She is looking directly in the camera and like squinting or something at him. And he is looking back slightly off camera. Yeah. I mean, not to be like really granular, but have them look at the same in the same direction. So it looks like they're fucking looking at each other. Like how hard is this? 
It's so distracting because it makes it look like he's looking for a bathroom and she's staring at him. It's so distracting. It's so <sighs> The reason I point this out is that I don't think that this, I may have already said this, but I don't think the story is that bad. It reminds me of like the first half of the Harry Potter series where, you know, where all the adults are fucking morons and the only ones who can fix the geopolitical problems <laughs> in the wizarding world are these three obnoxious children. Yeah. Except the only difference is that Imagine if the first three Harry Potter books, they suspected it was Snape, and then when they finally get to the Chamber of Secrets, it turns out, yeah, it was Snape. Right. Turns out it was him all along. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the creepiest looking guy in the room? Yeah, it was him. <laughs> I can't help but sing, every time you say Mr. Wyndham, it makes me think of the band Arrested Developments with Mr. Wendell. Mr. Wyndham, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of the show Arrested Development. That's why I said, Even though you said the band. I said the Arrested band just so we wouldn't go into Yeah. Still, my brain was like, don't listen to that. That's not an important <laughs> word. What is his plan exactly when we discover it? Because he's – so he has the power. He owns the company. All the Xenon's parents, they think he's going to come up and there's a possibility he's going to shut the whole thing down. Their boss, Stuart right. – what's his name? Stuart Pankin. He thinks that – The commander. That, yeah, yeah. Everybody on their best behavior because he – might say, hey, this is a waste of funds, shut it down. But instead, he's like, Mr. Nice Guy, he's like, I appreciate all the work you're doing up here. I'm going to fund you for another, I don't know, he probably said like a stellar year or something like crazy. <laughs> which is- A luminous year. Which is 1,000 years. And then it goes away. And of course, Xenon knows he's up to something. Right, because he wears black. Right. But what he's up so to you know. is infecting the entire station with a virus that shuts down all their vital systems- Mm -hmm. And then there's also slowly kills everyone on board. He's also planning to explode the shuttle or the, the something at some point. I didn't pick up on the explode the shuttle. I think the reason he didn't Maybe. want to be on the shuttle is because it's taking him to a space station that's about to. Okay, I guess I have I, no oxygen. I might have made that up. That's why he was like, "We need to go back right now," and they're like, "We can't. We have to like cool the boosters, right, right. and refill all the." cyber tanks and he's like no we gotta go now which to me i was like you'll still die if you turn around and without cooling the boosters i assume <laughs> all of a sudden you're a shuttle expert <laughs> <laughs> but yeah his plan i i think lutz not lutz mr i'll just keep calling him smithers because i can't remember anyone's name i think mr smithers says lutz? at one point was that not right lertz let no i don't feel like it's lutz Oh, it is Lutz. Yeah. I was thinking of I was thinking of Lutz from 30 Rock. <laughs> Shut up, Lutz. He says, I think it's an insurance scheme, essentially. It's like the space oh, station will blow up. Okay. He'll get his money back. It'll blow up before his 500 million that he was going to donate even gets transferred. Okay. So he still looks like a good guy. And he gets to kill dozens of people. Now, in the 21st century, capitalists are bad? Is that what you're saying? I mean, that was probably the most ludicrous part of this. I, yeah. I was having trouble keeping up with the lore that capitalism could possibly harm people. With the Clinton and the U.S. White House? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and your hot takes. <laughs> oh, my God. This movie predicted the rise of pickleball, which I like. They're like what is pickleball? What was depicted in the movie wasn't actually pickleball. It kind of looked like pickleball. When, they go, when she goes to Earth... They show like a couple of scenes and they're, they're they're playing like something, some sort of paddle game with a giant ball and paddle. And it kind of looked like a little bit like pickleball. What pickleball was like is like a, a cross between ping pong and tennis kind of like on a court. But it's yeah, it's all the rage now. Trust me. I've heard from straight sources that it is all the rage. <laughs> I haven't played it. So 
my straight Bakersfield Street regulars I, have come back and told me all about straight culture and told me that pickleball is the cat's pajamas. <laughs> Straights are always saying that. That reminds me, thank you for reminding me that this movie about a girl who lives on a space station decides after act one, you know, it would be really interesting if we had a girl who lived on Earth <laughs> and then sends her back to Earth, which really essentially means sending her to live around office parks from what I could gather. Where her aunt drives a 1998 VW <laughs> bug. <laughs> Every car is a VW bug, the new bugs. And imagine if the entire planet was designed to look like the glass pyramids in front of the Louvre. Not with the Louvre behind them, just the pyramids. Everything looks so generic because it was a Disney Channel original movie, so they weren't going to, we're not going to build anything. You find me an office park. <laughs> and then she finds a bunch of terrible children to hang out with. Yeah, oof. Including possibly the most khaki pant personality boy who is supposed to be our love interest but he's smart is he well he just stares at her when she arrives which seemed even like worse bullying than the girl who's just a bitch i'm like the guy who's staring is actually the one as a as a reformed nerd (laughs) i would be most freaked out by the one who would not stop staring at me with no expression on his face i'm like he is going to wear my skin (laughs) he is going to kill me He's a nice guy, so that means he deserves her love. That's true. He deserves to wear her skin. She should just give up her skin. It reminded me of the He-Man live-action movie, where that movie is set in Eternia for about 15 minutes, and then He-Man goes to Earth, and I'm like, who cares about Earth? Why would I want to see He-Man hang out with Courtney Cox? Get back to Eternia. I want to see muscle boys fighting with giant (laughs) swords and lasers and stuff. Who cares about He-Man going to the mall? Boy, the signs were piling up early, weren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, she goes to Earth, and from Earth, she meets a bunch of kids of varying niceness, and then... She finds out about the virus, and then she has to figure out how to get back on the planet. Luckily, she had already won the boy band event, so good for her. There's a couple of, oh, she's not fitting in moments. Like, as soon as she gets there, she goes to lunch at a day, oh, Charlie's with her aunt. and (laughs) Oh, and she's real pretentious about all the food, because they only have hydroponically grown food on the space station, and she doesn't like pizza. If we're going to space, pizza's coming with us. I've got bad news for you, hydroponic growers. We're having pizza in space. You don't think they have freeze-dried pizza up there? It's one of the easiest things to freeze-dry. I've gone to public school. We're having that damn pizza with the cubes on it. Guaranteed. But their Margie is there, and she's she's the brat. Is that the villain? Yeah. Okay, she's the I can't remember her name. And she's very annoying, and at some point... <laughs> at the end, like before, <coughs> before they fly back to the space station, who's the boy? Who's her love interest? Greg. Greg. The most generic of all the names. No offense, Gregs. Margie's been acting like Greg is her love, but uh, th- we find out uh, Greg is like, I'm not your boyfriend. I've never been your boyfriend. And he's real mean to her in a way that I'm like, look, I know she's a brat, but like no one deserves to talk to you like that, Margie. <laughs> Not even Margie, even though she wears fur collars in the middle of school days. And then Margie is like on board immediately. She's like, 
She does help out. Then she's like, yeah, let's do this. And then and then they, it seems like they've made up. And I saw her in the poster for the second movie. So Margie's back. She is in all three movies. She becomes a close friend of Xenon's from the brief clips I watched of the other two movies. Can't wait to watch this. What I mean is I got the entire cast tattooed on my back. <laughs> I want to talk about Margie real quick. Thank you for remembering. For my own emotional safety, my brain had forgotten that she was part of this yeah. movie. Because as much as we've maligned the good names of Ms. Simone and Miss Ms. Storms, Margie is the platonic ideal of Disney Channel acting. Yeah. Kristen Storms, she's a kid. She mumbles a lot of her lines. Godspeed. I'm sure she's a good person. Kirsten? Madeline. Kirsten? What did I say? Kristen. Oh, sorry. This is the Kirstie Alley thing all over. No. May she rest in peace. As a kid, I would call her Kirstie Alley all the time. My brother would be like, Kirstie! <laughs> we were terrible children. But not as bad as the girl as who played Margie. Margie. <laughs> she has the Disney Channel attitude, which is like, She's like a bobblehead you get for free at a baseball game. She's just constantly moving her head and she's talking like no one's talked in their entire life. And, she, and I'm like, why are you speaking like this? No one talks like, it sounds like you're coming out of a coma. Like, why are you talking like this? Oh, you went to a space station? Well, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, it's such a ludicrous way of talking. And I feel like it's endemic to Disney Channel original movies. So when Xenon somewhat talked like an indecipherable, like a kid who was like 20 feet too far away from me for, for me to understand what she was saying, I was like, well, at least she's not acting like one of those terrible Disney Channel kids. And then Margie comes along. And I'm like, shoot her. Shoot her like the raptor at the beginning of Jurassic Park. She must be stopped. She will infect this entire movie. My favorite thing is there are some, you know, like there, if you're not paying attention to Disney, these like, young celebrities just like appear out of thin air like corbin blue well, like zendaya i'm like you know people are like know her name i'm like oh, who yeah. is this you're saying it like i it's a, a thing i should know of course i know mm -hmm. who she is now but like years ago when, she was in the spider-man yeah and then there's some people who like like her kind of evolve their craft and they become varying degrees of good like i think she's a really good actress there's others that are okay and then there's some like vanessa hudgens who just like carry that child acting energy <laughs> Into adulthood, I feel like I'm taking fucking crazy pills because people keep hiring her. And I know that she's beautiful, but it's like, is that it? I have a counterpoint. Yeah. Do they keep hiring her? She's in things. What things? There was that sitcom where there was about superheroes and they were like worked in an office. It was like technically in the DC universe. It didn't last very long. It was actually oh, all right. I do vaguely. Danny yeah. Pudi was in it. She was in that show a couple of short-lived shows now that i think about it <laughs> mr mayor no or something not not the uh, ted danson oh, one but wait. the one where like a oh. kid becomes mayor kid mayor okay no. <laughs> i watched a few episodes of mr mayor i don't remember her being on that one but that was the ted danson one she was in tick tick boom but actually she wasn't in bad in that all she did was sing i think they cut all of her lines <laughs> I'm not maligning you. I'm just saying it just feels like I just wanted to take this time to complain about Vanessa Hudgens because she. Oh no, she's. Me. I've actually never seen Vanessa Hudgens in a thing because I did not watch High School Musical, and not I. Yet. I mean, I've seen Selena not Gomez yet. in things, but she's not a Disney, right? I think she is. Is she a Disney? I think she is. They get everybody eventually. So either uh, they, they start really as do. as they either start as Disney or they become Disney over time, <laughs> like Stuart Pankin. <laughs> he never knew. He never knew. Sucked in. He thought he was out. 
He even got a show on ABC, Dinosaurs, and then guess who bought ABC, motherfucker? Oh, just to get that sweet Stuart Pankin. Get the sweet Pankin. Michael Eisner was like, get me Stuart Pankin <laughs> by any means necessary. Well, he's on an ABC show. Begin the merger process. By the network. <laughs> Sir, that's going to be $7 billion. Buy Do it. it. <laughs> Buy ESPN while you're at it. Do you have more to say about Margie? Sorry, I went on a big tangent. No, no, no. She was just absolutely just grating on my nerves in a way that was very specific to Disney Channel acting. Let's talk about Raven Simone while we're here. I think Nebula was the best of the child actors. Yes. Like, I don't think it was good. I think Raven Simone. No, she had the same problem as everyone yeah. else. Raven Simone has her charm. I can kind of see she was very adorable on the Cosby show. I knew that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen her on a lot as an adult. You know what I mean? But like I was very vaguely aware that she was a thing. And this is a, a like this was before she became an enormous thing, right? Because that would have been right after this that she do like that. Yes, so Raven. This, so. I mean, that's a Raven is after this. Yeah. She's very good. Again, I mean, I could not, I could understand 65% of what she was saying, but that scene where she's like going through Xenon's clothes and like she's asking her questions, but then immediately asking, can I borrow borrow this? this?" Like that was funny. And with a proper mic setup, I would have, I would have loved that scene. (laughs) Even if you don't have a proper mic setup, just re-record the lines after and just pop them in. It's called ADR. It's done all the time. Just do it. (sighs) Tyler did yell at some point. While I was watching the movie, he said, Raven, you're not going to get this at this point, but you're so you. (laughs) And he just laughed and then went into the kitchen to get a cookie or something. That's very good. (laughs) Yes, I will concede the point that Raven Simone was the best of them all. Yeah, as long as I could understand what she was saying. I only have one. I want to go through a couple quotes, but I only have one real point left. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of started with it, which is that. Zoom, zoom, zoom. It's a little bit of a jam. It's not like I'm going to remember that forever. I'm not going to put it on my running mix, but it's a jam. It's at Chippendale Cuckoo Cola level, I think. (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, I feel like that's the level of quality we're talking about. That's true. And I'm possibly written by the same songwriting robot. It's not quite like it's not Powerline. When we look into each other's eyes. Not there. Sure. But it's absolutely. But it's. It's pretty it was pretty good. It, when they started playing, my body initially put up its defenses. I started blacking out because I was like, I can't do this, whatever this song is gonna be. And I was like, oh, this is actually surprisingly not unpleasant. I'm gonna put forward if we're choosing either a scene or a product, because I don't think any of the actors deserve this award, but that's my Sally Fields memorial single scene nominee. Oh, we're gonna have some some Halle Berry clunkers in here. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Zoom, zoom, zoom. I will agree with the Sally Field designation. I also will say that Protozoa, or whatever the hell his name is, is a hottie. I wanted to put my lips on his lips in a very 1999 way. Frosted tips didn't push you away. Frosted tips? No. I mean, I mean, I have, I know what I'm dealing with. Okay. I can. So you're going in with eyes wide open. You know? I can edit in my brains. I can take out the 1999 <laughs> filter and be like, okay, I can work with this. I would like to make out with you, but I have some work to do real quick. I lived through being attracted to boys in 1999, where they would comb their hair straight down and then twist it 
into little <laughs> spikes and then it also would be blonde tipped and they had black hair or they would have a colored contacts or puka shell necklaces. Mm. I went through a lot to get yeah. here and I can deal with protozoa. You're a hero. And he was very charming. He had the accent. Let's get his name right because he has a name. It's Philip Reese Chowdhury, Cat Sound. Yeah. Seconded. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And also sounded like I could understand every line he said. That's true. He was a good actor. I might even put him up for Catherine Hara Memorial MVP Award. I can't. What other choice do I have? I can't. Unless you want to give it to Stuart Pankin, which I also I want to give it to the aunt. That's who I- Aunt Judy, yes. she was actually pretty good. She was pretty charming. I wouldn't call it like grading on a curve. I thought it was pretty good acting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Grading. Like Stuart Pankin might be- a better actor, but it's still like, because he has more to do in this and it's kind of silly. I'm like, I don't. Well, Stuart Pankin, I mean, Godspeed to him. And I've only seen him in a handful of things, but he always seems to play the same type of guy, which is like put out master of the universe type. He's always like an anxious or he's always an authority figure. I think of like an arachnophobia. He's like sheriff of the small town in honey. I shrunk the kids. He's, What's his name's friend who's going to go fishing with him? Russell. Max Headroom's friend. Yeah. And then in this, he's like the commander. He's always like the commander in someone in charge who's like, oh, Xenon. That's the vibe I get from him. But he becomes the love interest for our aunt very quickly. I'm very worried about quickly. their relationship. And the, minute, the minute Protozoa looks at Aunt Judy and any sort of way, he becomes threatened, as well he should, because Aunt Judy probably realized, like, oh, I have a lot of options on the space station. They haven't seen a new woman in, like, 12 years. Yeah. I could lay this entire space station. <laughs> Why was I hiding on Earth when I could be the cream of the crop up here? I have a few quotes, but that's all I got. You got anything else? Oh, yeah. You have quotes. Go ahead. Well, these are things I'd like to, I'd like to work in the regular a conversation. Um, <laughs> Please. The way that she says, she's talking about if something happens when she's out on her spacewalk and then she has this enormous space and then just says, tug on my tether. I don't know, for some reason, the way that she says it. It also is a ludicrous system for alerting someone <laughs> in a zero gravity situation. I tug on your tether. It's going to take, if it gets to you at all, it's going to take like 12 minutes to hit you. We have... Radio communication. Why don't I just... Right, you're right. Your dad's here. <laughs> like, isn't that a simpler way? I didn't notice. I don't know if you caught this, but I never noticed, knew that the famous movie quote, Welcome to Earth, is from Xenon, from Xenon. Girl of the 21st Century. I always remember, like, people in the 90s were saying, Welcome to Earth. And I was like, oh, yeah, Xenon. Do you it think they were making though. an intentional Independence Day reference in this movie? I do not think so. I don't think so. I mean, it had been a cultural phenomenon by this point. True, but I don't want to give him the credit. <laughs> Do you think we're going to start also including inked out <laughs> in our vocabulary? You and I or the world? Well, just you and I. No one else. As well. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm appropriating drag queen culture by calling things shady, so I should just say... Inked out. Ooh, he's real inky. I'm real inked out. I do think I'm going to try et tu, Nebula. Because <laughs> it's so like. It's very random. It's so raven. It's so ravenly random. I like that when she <laughs> wants to leave the restaurant because Margie came and picked on her and she goes, can we scrub this mission, please? I've suddenly lost my appetite. 
Wait, when was this? This is when they're in the restaurant when she first gets to Earth when she's picked on oh, while yeah, Scrub's is mission and she gets she gets bullied by Margie <laughs> who hates girls on space stations. Oh. Your head. Are you okay? <laughs> are are you have you been in a car accident? <laughs> Down here, we're still using Fahrenheit. Do you remember when her science teacher said that? <laughs> that was so ludicrous. Why would the science teacher be using Fahrenheit? Every science teacher I ever had was insistent upon using Celsius. And I'm like, I don't understand. And they nerdily make fun of you for, for right, not they understanding. they tell you uh, everyone else on Earth uses Celsius. It's easier, so to, your it's easier to divide. Yeah, well, I don't like there being a difference of one degree between my room is comfortable and my room is freezing cold. Okay? Are you thinking of the Kelvin scale now? Well, that would be worse, for sure. <laughs> This is not something I'm going to quote, but I just like something about he I did, did let's have a, a speech impediment or did I just catch it every once in a while? Because at one point he tries to get the disc and he goes, disc please, like full Daffy Duck. And I didn't know if it was, have we been doing this the whole time? I didn't catch that. I thought he was a jowly man. Okay. So I wondered if it was a jowly thing rather than a applicable type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, when Xenon stated her insistence that she was going to enter herself in the protozoan microbial <laughs> raffle or uh -huh. whatever, Nebula says, who says it's going to be you? And then Xenon says, what is she, new in the galaxy? And I was like, Haha, what are you talking about? Does everything just work? Is Xenon the Jerry Seinfeld of the space station where every, <laughs> everything always ends up even Stevens for her? It kind of seems like it. It does. She did have, that was another Harry Potter link for me where it was like, well, it just works out for old Xenon. She gets to be on the Quidditch pitch, even though she's too young to be on the team. But I guess McGonagall wanted her there. Why would you be participating in the Champions Cup? You're clearly not. Is it the Champions Cup? Why would they? Yeah, there's a fourth person. Yeah. Why, they, it's clearly the Triwizard Tournament. That's it's it in the name. Try. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Every one of your goddamn spells is in Latin, but all of a sudden Triwizard threw you for a loop and you're like, well, I guess there has to be a fourth one. That's where I knew. I didn't know about the transphobia at that point, but I knew something <laughs> wasn't something, right. Something's not adding up with this lady. I don't like her. Okay, so. Our life is like a Jovian moon up here. Was it something <laughs> I wrote down? I don't know what that is in reference to. Well, Jovian. Like, it felt like someone was just doing like internet searches for like space yeah, talk. That's Jupiter, right? Jupiter, Jupiter's moons, I think. I assume so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jove was another name for Jupiter. So I assume that is what they are referencing. It doesn't even make. They just, yeah, it does. There was definitely whatever the 1999, if they were able to Google at that point, Alta Vista, they were Alta Visting. They could have been Lycosing. Lycosing. They could have been. They were dogpiling. Yahooing still at the time. You know, they were searching on the AOL homepage. You know it. Oh, I do have another quote. This is from Aunt Judy. And I thought it was so ludicrous. Aunt Judy, who has just established she has not seen her niece in a decade says, you're my hero to a child she has not seen. Like, what are you talking about? You don't even know her. I, I do think that's something that an aunt would say, though. Just, she's probably video chatted her, with her. I guess so. Wow, I, I knew you'd fucking come in clutch <laughs> for Aunt Judy. She's my nominee. I do like, this is, this is something I want to work in, and I hope I remember it. I definitely won't. But when they're doing the, the <laughs> Xenon has fixed the, virus but she's you know waiting to last second you know it literally gets the countdown gets down to right and the computer says 
total system rehabilitated? Like it kind of like asks. <laughs> it wasn't. It was asking Xenon. Is this accurate? <laughs> like, like it was thought. It thought it was gonna say destroyed or destruction. And right. you know, but it was it was like rehabilit. Why is that program in there? Why is that in there? Yeah, why is there? I did appreciate. I like this in both Independence Day and in this movie that the virus comes with a special animation so that you know a virus is happening. Yeah, because if I know anything about computer vi- viruses, they want you to know your computer has been infected, and you should try to stop me if you can. It's a game of cat and mouse in your computer. <laughs> Now, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to piss on this movie's special effects too much. I mean, I have not been in orbit around Earth, so I can't speak to doing a spacewalk. I don't know what that, maybe it looks like what Xenon proposed. Probably. However, when Xenon goes to Earth, at one point, she's like about to go to Pound Town with Greg, (laughs) and they look up at the night sky. It looks like a are, wait, fucking- Are you about to go full Neil deGrasse Tyson on me and say it doesn't no, match? No, I'm not about to tell okay. you that the stars would not be in that alignment. <laughs> but it looked like a Netscape screensaver. It looked- <laughs> I'm like, I've seen the Night Sky movie. Come on. But have you seen it with 50 additional years of <laughs> pollution and bullshit? Well, by 2049, I assume there will be 3,000 more stars in the sky than there are now. How soon are they putting out <laughs> stars these days? Do you want to go to the verdict? Actually, I wanted to say one last thing before we go to a verdict. Okay. There is a very awkward moment during the microbial performance. Just one. Which is that, what's her name? She has the Xenon equivalent of an iPad where she's talking to Greg. Yeah. Just for the viewers at home, it looks like, you know when you go to a Jiffy Lube and they give you like the bill on this big chunky clipboard that's for some reason like two and a half inches thick? You're like, why Why don't you just have normal clipboards? Why do you have a thick clipboard that can store things in it? I don't understand. That's what she's looking at. And she keeps like holding it, pressing it to her chest while dancing to Protozoa and the and the gang. And then she will pull it away and then look at Greg and wave or blow kisses at him. Greg looks like the saddest person in the universe. Literally. <laughs> he just is like, he's doing like the, the white guy smiling at a stranger face like where you just sort of like compress your lips together. And then at one point he like sort of waves in a chagrined way. And... It just seemed, it was once again an example of Disney Channel's incompetence. But to me, I also read it as like, man, could we have at least like fooled around before you went back to the space station? I really missed my window here. Here's how I read it. Have you ever been to a Zoom party? (laughs) No, but I have unfortunately befriended people on Instagram who feel the need to share concert footage that they've filmed themselves. That. That is where I related to Greg the most. I'm like, yeah, Greg, I hear you. I also don't (laughs) want to watch Taylor Swift on someone's goddamn iPhone. Wow, it feels like I'm not there. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Really captured the magic of 7,000 people between me (laughs) and this artist. Oh, I love it. Okay, now we can go to the verdict. I just want to get that out because it was such an awkward beat to end on. Damon, what's your verdict? Hi. Your inner child is an idiot. This is not 
a terrible story. I think belied by the fact that this is based on a book series, I found out. that There is a book series of Xenon really? books. So I feel like the story is serviceable, but filmed by a moron. This is not a well-made film. It is a frustrating film. Acting is terrible. Sound quality is really the big thing. Like if you're going to have a bunch of people saying a bunch of jargon and a bunch of slang that you made up, I'm going to need to understand what people are saying. And then the idea that you have a whole story centered on a girl who lives on a space station, which is a pretty good premise for a film. And then 20 minutes in, you send her to Earth for her to just like <laughs> have to go to school with a bunch of tools. Like, I, that's not a fun story. That's a story I've seen before. Some might say it's a story I've lived. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, had spent a little, at least a little bit more time on the space station, gotten a little bit more competent world building from a different director and cinematographer, preferably. So it just felt like what could have been a fine movie done poorly. DJ, what do you think? Um, you're in a child's an idiot. So if it weren't for having recently watched Next, this might be the worst thing we've watched. <laughs> at least in a while, if not You're welcome, Hannah. I ever. saved you the indignity of being the bottom of the list. I just like, no one is, uh, this is a little bit of straw man, but no one is saying this, but like I grow really weary of people saying like, it's oh, it's for kids or it was like on a budget, which it, this was clearly both. When we've seen things that are, made very cost effectively and that are made, you know, where the main target audience is children that are amazing that like adults also want to watch that you can the special enjoy. Effects and the sets are the least of this yeah. movie's worries. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, and especially like, you know, you can watch an episode of Star Trek, especially in the early years where they're not spending a lot of money and it's still like, there's interesting things. Now I don't think it's fair to, it's well lit. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's, those aren't, it's a little bit apples and oranges, but like, but this is, this feels this kind of stuff feels like cynical to me. Like they're like, kids are idiots. Here we go. Let's let's do some stuff. Yeah. And the fact that this is this still able to be special to people, I I don't want to take that away from anybody, but you should not, if you don't have any previous notions about this, do not go watch this. This is terrible. It's a lot of child acting. So if you want to study Yeah, that only applies to this first Xenon movie. When we cover the other Xenon movies, of course, we'll give them a fair sh- Well they're not children anymore in that, right? They're like it's the college years. That weird, awkward phase where it's not as cute that they're as bad at acting as they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some. But zoom, 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 still a semi bop. Zoom, zoom, zoom's not a, a highlight, bop, but a semi bop. Zoom, zoom, zoom's a highlight. You know the relationship with her parents. There were some. It was very awkwardly done, but I like the idea. You know that they're encouraging to her. They did spend, send her, her down. Dad to Earth. has a special relationship with her. Yeah. Then they do. We didn't even get into this. It's such a ludicrous idea that they send their daughter away from thousands of miles away from them to make a point. Like what? That's insane to me. Yeah. That's like if I ate too much candy before dinner and my mom was like, well, I'm going to have to send you to the center of the earth. I have no choice about it. You're going to have to live with the mole people. (laughs) This was an agreement we had. I'm being a reasonable parent. I'm sorry you made me do this. (laughs) <laughs> you knew it was mole people or no food before dinner. Those are your choices, <laughs> and you chose mole people. So get into this giant drill machine that I've created that I borrowed from the shredder, and it's going to take you straight to the Technodrome. We're going to live with the mole people going forward. Thank you. Your Aunt Judy is one of the mole people, and she doesn't like traveling to the surface. So Careful with bright lights. 
She's got luminescent eyes. You'll know her when you see her. <laughs> the weird nose. She drives uh, a 1999 <laughs> bug. <laughs> what do you think, everybody? Email us. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can text us or leave us a voicemail. 615-576-0525. Uh, thank you to my friend Russ Weaver for the song Top of Two for our ad music. We want to thank our patrons for supporting the show. You can support like them. Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. We are going to put a space spin on everybody's name. So ju- <laughs> just because <Yeah>. planets. <laughs> Lindsay shooting star Halleck. <laughs> Scalphosaurus uh, stellar nebula. Oh, this is going to be rough. You really chose a great choice. Bill Hainsley's comet. <laughs> Lindsay Nell. Nebula. Nebula. Lindsay Nell the rocket. Okay, I okay. gotta quit. Well, I felt like I was... This one's already done for me, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Particle Man. Gonna stick with that one. Jonathan, day and night cycle of a planet. Oh, nice. Thank you. David Mort... the only one that's gonna work. <laughs> David Mort Cloud. I hope you get that one. Okay. Am I gonna have to explain that one? I do. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go into it right now why I get it, but I do. Beth Sir Mont... Tons of Venus. Josh Frigo Ring. Oh. O Ring? Yeah. Is that a space thing? They reference it like four times in this movie. O Ring Major. Yeah. James Taylor Rocket Fuel. <laughs> the supreme ruler of this galaxy. Hmm. The hands of fate galaxy. <laughs> Why? Tommy Boy is Damon's favorite movie in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Malcolm's heaving bosom and gaseous clouds of Mercury. Shit on the solar system. (laughs) (laughs) Karen Curd, Dromeda Galaxy. She just keeps saying Jet Galaxy. (laughs) I know. Dramatically placed neutrino. Hmm. Interesting. Carolyn. Caroline. Caroline of orbit. Amberson. <laughs> of orbit. Okay. <laughs> Line of orbit. Is that a? That's a term, right? His honor, the mayor of the local supercluster. The trouble with Heather Tuggle. Nice. That's a Star Trek reference. <laughs> Jackson has an unhealthy obsession with Damon and Tribbles. Okay, yeah. I feel like you just sort of piggybacked off my triple yeah, thing, which well, I felt really proud of. Yeah. Good job. You said galaxy like seven times in a row. Give me one. <laughs> the elusive fan Grumkin of Ganymede, one of the moons of Jupiter. Jeremy T for Titan Powlin. Ooh, very nice. The zesty climate of Pluto. Damon's Martian accent. Very nice. T. Smith. T. Uh, what's something with start with T? T. Storm of Jupiter, like a thunderstorm of Jupiter. Smith. <laughs> Tra- <laughs> Travis and DJ. I have been through surgery that has been less cumbersome than this. <laughs> but keep going. Travis Enceladus Vance. Wait, what? Just naming moons now. Okay. Larissa Titan Maestro. <laughs> you can't just 
just say a different one. Zach. Why not? You said you were just naming moons. Yeah, but you, you named one. I've, there's so many moons to choose from. I already named Titan. Oh. Zachary Phobos Hartley. Ooh, very nice. And of course, McW- the McWilly House of Space Cats. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. And we're so sorry. If you want that done. I'm not. I think we did great. If you are if you want that done to your name, uh, you can subscribe at <laughs> patreon.com slash your inner child's name.